It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Welcome to NFL Live. Lots of big names speaking today. Everything you need to know, too, on the Niners-Eagles NFC Championship game rematch. You're going to hear from Robert Sala on a major step for Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We welcome you to NFL Live. So glad that you're here with us today. we got a packed show. You see Swagoo out there. we got Dan Orlovsky, Andrew Hawkins, Adam Schefter joining us with news in just a little bit. So that we'll get suit, to that. That does look good on Marcus. The gray with the, the blue tie. I feel like me and him are kind of matching. You I guys are. Did Swagoo. you plan that? We didn't. I'm always going to follow what Swagoo does. You see, he got, he got suit deals. I ain't got no suit deals. Hey, let's get the man some suit deals. If you see what he looks like, it'd be great for your suit deal. All right, enough of the fashion, guys. Let's Let's talk about the Eagles here and their game Sunday against the 49ers. It's an NFC championship game rematch from last year between two teams that very well might be playing each other for the NFC title again this year. Here's what Nick Sirianni said about it today. It's just such different teams. Uh, you know, it's the 2023 Eagles versus the 2023 uh, Niners. There's different players on this team. There's different players on their team. Shoot, one of our better players from last year is on their team. This is about the 2023 Eagles versus the 2023 uh, Niners. Both teams are, are doing well. Um, it's going to be a heck of a battle. You know, he's really right. <laughs> this game, by the way, will go a long way in deciding who will have home field advantage if these two teams wow. do meet again in the playoffs. Look at that. With a win, the Eagles would have a 95% chance to earn the top seed in the NFC playoffs, meaning that the 49ers would essentially be eliminated from the race for the number one seed. The 49ers, a little bit of extra juice there. You think about how important those seeding situations are, especially when it comes to home field advantage. So, Marcus. That's wild. You heard Nick, I know, you heard Nick Sirianni talking about the difference between the two teams. What's the biggest difference yeah. for the 49ers, though, this time around? It's the addition of Chase Young and the way that they're able to rush the passer now. And think about this, y'all. We've saw, we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles go down in halves in both of the recent games. And I don't think you can do it with this pass rush. Before Chase Young got there, the San Francisco 49ers were ranked 27th in the league in sack rate. Now they're third. You see the difference that he's made, the impact that he's made, because now you create a situation between him, Arik Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and obviously Nick Bosa, where you can't double everybody. And now you have four formidable pass rushers that all can win one-on-ones. Not only is the protection, the protection need to be set up in a in a in a creative way, you also sometimes are just one-on-one. And the fact that we may not have or a fully healthy Lane Johnson playing in this game looms large and it looms larger because the 49ers signed Chase Young yeah. or traded for Chase Young when they did. He's made a hell of a difference for this defense and it's showing. An update on Lane Johnson is coming in just a couple minutes with Adam. Go ahead. Yeah, I think with that matchup with the San Francisco offense, or excuse me, the San Francisco defense versus the Philly offense, Philly's offensive line last year absolutely dominated this game. Marcus, you remember last year like showing those double teams and they were just moving guys off the ball. If we're being honest, Philadelphia's offensive line has not been that offensive line this year. You talk, you were, we just heard Nick Sirianni say this is a different team. It's a different year. That's still very true. Very good offensive line still, but can they dominate in the way that they did last year? Now flip it to the other side. This is the really interesting thing. Again, different. This is a different football team offensively in San Francisco. One, because Brock Purdy's going to play. Yeah. But Brock Purdy's a very different player than he was even going into mm. last year. If you want to just look at the difference, it's his ability 
and success throwing the ball downfield. That's how he's changed this yeah. offense in comparison to what it was pre-Brock Purdy and even like 2022 Brock Purdy. Look at the difference, wow. the player that he is throwing the ball down the field, 15-yard chunks. He leads the NFL in actual completion percentage, and it's changed their offense. So for Philadelphia, it's like not only are you actually going to have to play against the quarterback, he's an advanced and improved version of the one that they were anticipating seeing last year. Absolutely, and a big reason uh, for that evolution is because of the rapport that he's built with Brandon Ayuk. Bro. And like mm -hmm. those two together, like we're going to put this together. So this is the last time we've seen Brock Purdy in the Eagles before he got hurt. This is the injury. This is going to be the readout play. So he's in a book split. The, the, the depth is 16 yards. He's breaking early because Bradbury bites so much in the in-breaking route. He waits to see it, to throw it. He gets hit instead of anticipating that throw. Yeah. Now, juxtaposition that with this touchdown from last week to Brandon Ayuk. Same depth. He's going to run a wide release in route. So he's, he's coming flat, yes. right? So motion, ball fake. Ayuk goes out, pushes to his depth. Yeah. He's coming out of that Yo. break. That ball's coming out before he breaks. Now watch this. This is where the chemistry comes in. Ayuk is breaking flat, but he sees the trajectory of the ball wow. and gets right in between four defenders in a cover three a with team. a hook player. Look, they, they are on the same page, and that's why Ayuk's numbers. When you froze that clip of when he's actually throwing the ball, that's, that's a throw you don't make. You shouldn't you, make that throw. That, that coverage is not the look for it. Right. And Ayuk to be able to come out flat and see the ball and go right into the hole, that throw is probably the best mm. throw of the week. I agree. Yeah. From, from Purdy because of the scenario it's in. And again, Ayuk is having an incredible season. He's actually probably the number one receiver in this we, offense. We say wow. it all the time. Like, do the quarterbacks see it the same way as the receivers? And do the receivers yep. see it the same way as the quarterback? That, those two plays are perfect examples. That's why they're great You've, great you've yep. talked a lot, too, about Purdy's anticipation, almost anticipating the guy's going to be there. Yes. And we've seen that contribute to his QBR. He leads the mm -hmm. NFL in total QBR this season. He's going to look to exploit the Eagles' defense. They rank 26 in that category. Let's get right to Adam Schefter here with some top stories. Start us off, Adam, with the news about Eric. Aaron Rodgers. Well, Laura, the Jets opened the practice window on Aaron Rodgers today, but a return to play is different than coming back to practice. They want to have that window open, have him continue on in his rehab. He's not going to play Sunday. They're going to have to win some games. He's going to have to feel better for him to get back on the field for a game, but he's back on the field for practice. Miles Garrett not on the field for practice today for the Cleveland Browns, still dealing with that shoulder injury. The Browns are hopeful that he's going to be able to go on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams in a game where they very well may have to start Joe Flacco as their quarterback. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is in concussion protocol, did not practice today, and Flacco has been taking the snaps in practice as the QB1 for the Browns and could be in line to start Sunday versus Aaron Donald and the Rams. And meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles are hopeful to get back Wayne Johnson, their offensive tackle who missed Sunday's game due to a groin injury. He said this week he'll be ready to rock on Sunday against the 49ers. And if he's rocking, that means that the Eagles offensive line will be controlling the line of scrimmage usually, although it's going to be a huge battle against a really tough, great 49ers defensive line. But Lane Johnson believes he'll be back for Sunday's game, Laura. That's a huge boost. We just kind of talked about it with Swagoo, how much that could affect this Eagles offense. And also, Adam has a key Patriots quarterback update coming up next block after this next commercial break. You don't want to miss it. It'll tell you who we think might start for the Patriots going forward. Thanks to Adam. More coming your way here on NFL Live as we talk about what's new. Here's Patrick Mahomes. I'm playing at Lambeau for the first time.
I haven't got to play like an actual game. I've, I've actually not, I've never got to play a game in general because the games that I've been there were the fourth preseason games. Um, so I, I wasn't playing in the games. And so I'm extremely excited for it. Um, I mean, I've watched it my whole entire life. Um, and I know it's going to be a hostile environment and the fans are going to be loud. It's going to be a lot like Arrowhead is to uh, other teams, like you're saying. Um, but I'm excited. If you, if you love football, you, you love Lambeau Field, and I'm excited to get the opportunity to play there. You played a bunch of games at Lambeau, Dan. Favorite place in the NFL. Really? Why? Because you're driving in the middle of nowhere, especially at this time <laughs> of year. You're driving in the middle of nowhere. All of the street, it's a one-way street in. It's lined with, like, the 10 garbage cans full of fire. Everyone's in their hunting <laughs> gear. And then all of a sudden, like, it just pops the stadium. And you're like, wow, that's the mecca in many ways. So you get goosebumps. It reminds you of, like, high school football. You know what it, I'm saying? It is, like, like the one place that feels like tradition. Yeah. When you're like, yeah. players don't really care about that. But in Lambo, it makes it feel like, oh, this is I like never forget football. the first time we played there late in the season. This was my first, like, almost welcome to the NFL moment. It was a Sunday night game, and Favre came running out of the tunnel. Ooh. Coach. It was the loudest <laughs> ovation. you've. The place went absolutely outrageously nuts. It was, it's, the, it's awesome. You guys gave me goosebumps. I'm ready for game day. Let's go. All right, we're just getting started on NFL Live. Phil Yates joining us to debut his NFL draft. Top prospects, really interesting draft coming up. Loaded quarterback class. Who is in the top five? Stick around. Phil will tell you. Plus, one of our favorite segments is back. It's Lost in Translation. We're going to try to make sense of a lot of things like this. They actually they performed the surgery while he was hanging like a bat. No, I don't know. Like, um, no, it was it was more. Um, he didn't even laugh. Uh, Dan, after the Favre welcome in that game, was yours the same or a little different? They went nuts. They <laughs> had the better that night out of y'all too. Crazy. <laughs> like, why? Oh, I lost. Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are going to carry on forever. Tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern across ESPN networks and platforms for a special opportunity to see Jim Valvano's complete Don't Ever Give Up speech. His message is as relevant today as it was 30 years ago, and you can support Jimmy V's goal of achieving victory over cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. 
New on NFL Live, Bill Belichick was asked earlier today who his starting quarterback would be this week. We'll see how it goes. I'm not prepared to make any announcement, so I'm not going to do that. How do you feel like Mac Jones has been performing? Well, we don't. We haven't won enough games, so I don't think anybody's performed well enough. We all need to do a better job. Do you personally have a plan for quarterback this Sunday, or will practice determine that this week? We'll see how it goes. All right, so what happened in practice? Maybe that'll help us here. Adam, what do we know about who took the first team snaps at practice today for the Patriots? Well, Laura, during, during the open portion of practice that reporters were allowed to observe, they saw Bailey Zappi taking the first team reps with Malik Cunningham backing him up and Mac Jones standing off to the side. Now, if that's any indication, and certainly it would look like it would mean that Bailey Zappi is in line to become the starting quarterback on Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, keep in mind, Mac Jones has been benched in two straight games. He's been benched in four games overall this year. And how many times can you bench one person before finally going for the alternative? And the alternative here looks like it's Bailey Zappi, and he looks to be in line right now to start Sunday's game. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks to Adam Moore from you coming throughout the show. The Patriots are one of several teams that will likely be in the mix for a quarterback in the upcoming draft. ESPN Analytics projects that New England will end up with the third overall pick. The Bears own the Panthers pick from the Bryce Young trade, meaning that Chicago currently has a 68% chance to have the first overall pick and then potentially even that fourth pick. We'll talk about that, too, as we get closer to the draft. But Field Yates adding NFL draft analysts to his titles, joining us as he debuts his first ever up, NFL friends? draft player rankings. Field, it's it's been a while. Here. I'll say I something need right quick. I needed a map to find the NFL studio. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while since I've been here at NFL Live. It's good to be back. So good to have you here. Good and I love here. getting to talk a little bit of draft with you. So yeah. when you look at these quarterback needy teams, potentially at the top of this draft, Tell us the top two quarterbacks they could be getting. Yeah, Patriots fans, pay attention here because <laughs> Caleb Williams, who everybody is familiar with, he won the Heisman Trophy a season ago for USC, is the most dynamic playmaker in the entire country regardless of position. His second reaction plays are the kind of things that you simply cannot teach. You're born with it or you're not. Very few are born with Caleb Williams' skill set. Does so much on the run that just blows your mind. Each of the past two seasons, he also has at least 10 rushing touchdowns. In the NFL, there are some quarterbacks that whatever your plan is for before the snap, if they can run, it may not matter because you've got guys like Lamar Jackson that have shown you that even the best plan goes to waste. Caleb Williams can do some of that mm. at the pro level. And Drake May, built in a lab type of quarterback, six foot four, 230 pounds, actually led UNC, obviously as a passer last year, but actually led them in rushing yards as well. A very good athlete in his own right. When he has time and space, run between the hashes, which in college, much more narrow than the NFL. He's terrific. This guy has all the utilities that you need to become a pocket passer at the next level. Indifferent of the team that is going to be picking number one, yeah. do you think it will become a conversation for that team, Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams? 100%, because more so than any other position in all of sports, we know that it's not just what you see on the court, the rink, or the field. It's about who you are as a person, the intangibles, the kind of things that a meeting with a head coach or a scout or a GM can help determine. Drake May certainly has a lot to bring to the table. Swagoo, you want to ask a question about this right up. now. I like this. I feel like <laughs> Professor Yates right yeah. now. Baby, baby face, baby face. First of all, it's good to see you. I got it. How, why, and this is not my bias, is Shador Sanders ahead of Jaden Daniels? Oh, <laughs> 
not your bias. Okay, that's fair. Um, Shador Sanders, these are very different players, by the way, Shador Sanders and Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels. Shador, at the beginning of the season, lit the college football world on fire. He might be, and I'm saying this, including Drake May and Caleb Williams, the best pocket passer in this entire class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This point's probably going to become moot in a few weeks here because uh, I think there's a very good chance we'll find out that Shador is staying at Colorado with his father for another season. Jaden's been the okay. most improved player in all of college football, though, this year, right? A deserving Heisman Trophy nominee. Uh, Shador, though, has the stature. He's unbelievable in the pocket. He can run. He doesn't have to in this offense and really hasn't mm. that much, but uh, Shador will probably be firmly in the conversation for the 2025 number one overall mm, man I mean it just gets me wow, excited about wow. this draft I think it's going to be a fascinating draft you're going to be with us throughout all wow. of it we already started um ask field because yeah, you, you started us a little bit early <laughs> but we're, <laughs> we're going to ask field now and Dan you get the first crack any questions yes. you want to ask him about the draft okay so you just said Shador we think might stay okay Jaden yeah. Daniels LSU his season is done yeah J.J. McCarthy still playing Michigan quarterback Bo Nix plays Friday night on our network for the Pac-12 Can't championship wait. Can either of those players do something on the field, Mm -hmm. on the field over the next week and or month to get to that third quarterback spot? If so, what? Yes, more so J.J. McCarthy than Bo Nix for this reason. J.J. McCarthy has so much to like, as you see Bo Nix April right here. He's been unbelievable. But J.J. played two games over Michigan's final two regular season games against the two best teams on their schedule, Penn State and Ohio State. Completed a total of 20 passes. And that's not his fault, right? This defense is so good. The offensive line is so good. The running game is so terrific. If they have to play a high-scoring game, okay. whether it's against Iowa, which that won't happen this right. upcoming weekend. But, but whether, if he's given the chance to say, we, we got to go through it 40 if, times hey, to if win. If him and Michael Penix are squaring off in the college football semifinals, they're not winning that game 17-13. Jay just has to have the opportunity to show that he can lead a pass-centric offense, which mm. has not been the formula mm. at Michigan. Not he's got his fault, his though, for that. C.J. Yeah. Stroud versus I his moments. It feels no like, I mean, you think about the draft last year, how many times have we referenced C.J. Stroud against Georgia in that play? game that they probably should have won. Maybe we should pay more attention to that game, by yeah, the way. Yeah, how good he process, is. Huh? Uh, yeah. Marcus, your turn to ask Field. Smile. Man. Well, I'm going to go back to my wheelhouse, baby face. Yeah. I had to get that quarterback question <laughs> out the way first. When you look at the defensive lines, because we see these guys transitioning and still being dominant their rookie years, it's translating, I believe, better than any other position in the league. What D-tackle do you think is the top in this class, and will they have the type of impact of a Jalen Carter or these young guys we see coming to the league? There may not be a Marcus Spears in this year's class, but there is a Johnny oh, we know that. Uh, Illinois, uh, recently <laughs> named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, very deserving uh, name is at that, uh, seven and a half sacks this past season. He's only 295 pounds, which a defensive tackle makes you an undersized player. He plays all over mm-hmm. the defensive front. Woo. You see him line up as a nose tackle, three technique, five technique, you name it. I don't know that there is a player that I've seen so far on defense this season that plays harder on a snap-in, snap-out basis than Johnny Newton. That's a part of the reason why he's been such a disruptive player as a pass rusher. And he's playing at Illinois. This defense a season ago was terrific. Mm. Teams now can put all their attention on Johnny Newton. It doesn't matter. He still gets home, seven and a half sacks this season. Could very well be a top 10 or 12 pick. Mm. It is a very light year for defensive prospects especially compared to where we were just a season ago. There is no Jalen Carter-type defensive prospect, but the best D-tackle, Johnny Newton from Illinois. Mm. Okay, let's go mm. to the wideout. We know This Marvin, is where all the fun is. Exactly. This is what we've been waiting on. No, seriously. This is the year. So Marvin Harrison Jr., we know, is kind of the number one. He's yep. a four-inch taller, 20-pound heavier version of his dad. Crazy. Without debate, consensus, the top guy. After that, yep, I, I mean, too. 
Next year, I will be that version of myself. Yeah, we can all aspire. Um, after him, how do the wide receivers rank in this class? We've got a three-man race, maybe even deeper than that, but definitely a three-man race at least for the number two wide receiver on the board. The three names that you need to know in some order, you can kind of pick it right now. Keon Coleman from Florida State, Malik Neighbors from LSU, and Roma Dunze from Washington. You kind of have a little bit of each category here. Uh, Keon Coleman, athletic freak. If you told me he was going to start at power forward for Florida State this year, I'd tell you, yeah, that checks out. No players better in 50-50 catch situations, as you see right there. 24% of his receptions this season have gone for a touchdown. And get Jeez. this, see how big and freaky he is? He was their punt returner as well. Imagine a six-foot-four punt returner in the NFL. You never see that. Meanwhile, Malik Neighbors is just gliding around defensive players, as Swagger can tell you, every single week. Unbelievable route runner. He's going to get open. Terrific in zone coverage as well. Finding space. He and Jaden Daniels so comfortable this year together. And the Roma Dunze, name a trait for a wide receiver, and I guarantee you, I'll tell you, he does it very well. Every yeah. single thing you can do, he does well. Got more uh, size than a guy like Malik Neighbors. Probably not quite as sudden in my estimation as Malik Neighbors, but he'll end up being a day one starter. All four of these guys. Top 15? I mean, maybe even top 10. That's how good we're talking yeah. about. I That's mean, instant contributors, these teams say, yeah, we'll take you, and you'll go ahead and, and factor right into our offense. I like if Lad McConkie, by the way, at five. I think if he can stay healthy through the playoff run that Georgia probably will be on, he may make himself a little bit of money there because people know about him, but yeah. this guy, it doesn't matter what route he needs to run. He's so smooth, he can do everything. The NFL defers, as we know, to this, sorry, Hawk, the six foot four, 220 pound wide receiver. <laughs> All right. I guarantee you, though, Me and if Lad McConkey, like if he slides to like the 25 to 32 range, yeah. one of those teams. First rounder. Oh, yeah, this guy's the real deal. Have if you he ends up with one of these yeah, teams, is that teams. good? Cooper Cup? Yeah. That's going to be the comparison you're going to hear a ton during the pre draft process. Hard work, <laughs> Run route too. Deck. Yeah. He's and there's that guy, way. Brock Bowers. All let's right. Go. Let's do more of this. He's soon. a tight end, though. Can we keep doing this? I hate that we have to go to break. Thanks so much to Pro Fields. football? Who needs pro football? Let's talk college. White All Wednesday, Dan and Hawk are going to talk about Christian Watson, why he's making waves for Jordan Love and the Packers. Stick around to find out. Field, this is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, maybe, maybe more than that. What are you talking about? Four in the top ten, yeah. Four wide, wide receivers. receiver. Good luck. Your season may be bad right now. It won't be next season. Four in the top ten? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here's what we have for you on Monday Night Football. The Bengals trying to hang on to playoff hopes as they take on the Jaguars, who look to solidify a spot at the top of the AFC. Monday at 8.15 on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, and ESPN Deportes. New on NFL Live, let's get back to a top story today. Robert Sala providing some details on Aaron Rodgers' return to practice. 
This isn't so much getting ready to play as much as it is uh, a progression in his rehab. What he will be doing in practice is no different than what he'd be doing on field three as you guys all watch it uh, with regards to certain drills and the individual uh, being able to throw it uh, instead of throwing with staff members, he's throwing with teammates. So uh, there's no added risk to it. Um, he's not. There's certain things that he's been cleared for that we're going to uh, allow him to do. Let's get Adam Schefter back in here with a little bit more on Rodgers. What more can you tell us, Adam? Well, Laura, the key thing here will be Aaron Rodgers' health, which he knows his body better than anybody, and whether the Jets can keep their season alive with some wins, because right now they're 4-7. and seven. And if they get eliminated from playoff contention, and right now it's a long shot that they could make the playoffs, then that would diminish the chances that Rodgers would be back. So they need him to cooperate here as well. Meanwhile, Jonathan Taylor was having finger surgery today in Los Angeles that is expected to knock him out multiple weeks. The Colts are not expected to place him on injured reserve, which means it'll be fewer than four weeks, but that thumb surgery was being performed today in Los Angeles, and that means that Zach Moss will become integral to the Colts offense once again as he was to start the season. And former Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard spent the day today visiting with the Philadelphia Eagles and his former coach Nick Sirianni, who he knew in Indianapolis from their time together there. Shaq Leonard visited the Cowboys yesterday, the Eagles today. He'll now take some time to consider his decision, and I think this was a visit for both sides. I think both teams wanted to check out the medicals, see how he was feeling, see how his neck was doing, and he wanted to see where he wanted to spend the remainder of the season. Now he'll think about it, and we'll get his decision here, I would imagine, at some point in the next few days. Yeah, I can't wait to see where he ends up. Um, I think Swagoo, Shefty, probably is really hoping that he ends up with the team he was visiting with yesterday in the Cowboys. But Marcus, since he was visiting the Eagles today, how would he fit on that defense? Oh, he'd be, he'd be phenomenal for the Eagles. They are in a very similar situation with the Cowboys with their injuries at the linebacker spot. I think another thing, too, we got to remember last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, it's a veteran presence. This team seems like super mature. Like it seems like he would fit right in mentality wise with the way that they play on that side of the football. And like Shifty said, like the health obviously is the overall arching theme when it comes to Shaq Leonard. But like I said yesterday, if that clears and he ends up in Philly, which would piss me off in a major way, <laughs> he would definitely make them better and give them an opportunity to defend anything that teams throw at them. And they've struggled in the, to cover the middle of the field. One of the things he was known for in Indy was being a ball hawking linebacker with that long range that he has as well. So he would help them tremendously. But don't go there, Shaq. We got no state tax in Texas, bro. Yeah, to throw that in there. That's it's important, right? Um, it is worth pointing out. He's only 28 years old. I know the injuries have been a reason why this is even a situation right now, but it's not like he's that old. All right, let's talk a little right. bit about some ESPN Bet futures. Here's our ESPN Bet futures spotlight. After racking up five total touchdowns in a thrilling win over the Bills last week, Jalen Hurts now a plus 150 favorite to win the MVP award, the shortest odds for any player this season. The only other players with shorter than 10 to 1 odds to win MVP, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott, as you see there. So let's make a case for someone not named Jalen Hurts to win MVP. Marcus, you first. Well, you know, look at the colors that I have on. Uh, Rain Dakota Prescott. Uh, <laughs> I, he's been playing at a very high level. And listen, we know that this stretch is going to be more important for him 
than probably any other quarterback in the NFL. Brock Purdy is about to have another one of his seminal moments coming up this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. But Dak has an opportunity in this last home run stretch to make these numbers jump. And I guarantee y'all right now, like we looking at this with Jalen Hurts being that, that Kansas City win and that Buffalo win has a lot to do with this and how he performed in the second halves of those games in big games when everybody was watching. Dak has a number of those coming up as well, so I think he'll be firmly supplanted if he continues to play at the level he has been. I don't hate it. If he plays the next month like he has this last month for the competition, there, there's a darn good chance. So mm. I'll give you that. Darn. I, I will say Brock Purdy. You got to give me that. That's what I just said. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You're welcome. I, I, I'm going to say Brock Purdy. Okay, number one, he quarterbacks the third ranked offense in the NFL for yardage, fourth ranked when it comes to points. While doing that, the only quarterbacks who have thrown less interceptions, there's that throw, Hawk. Less interceptions are Russell Wilson, C.J. Stroud, and Lamar Jackson. I'd also say this. He's the number one quarterback in the NFL. For everybody who lives in this world where it's just the system and anybody can go play quarterback there, number one quarterback in the NFL throwing the ball downfield. Hmm. So that, that is best the QBR. complete opposite of mm-hmm. best QBR, complete opposite of a system quarterback. He's protected less than they have with Jimmy Garoppolo. They have less yak yards after catch than they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, best downfield quarterback statistically in the league right now. Look, you can't I, beat that. I, I hate that I have to be the one to take it here. I'm, I'm disappointed that Marcus didn't do it, but a D I've, been, I've been disappointed for what? Marcus for four years. Miles Garrett, like. I don't care who the trophy goes to, Miles Garrett is the most valuable player in the league. The Browns Ooh. are significantly planted in the playoff hunt simply because he's there. They have no quarterback. Mm. They're all yeah, everything right. running back has been gone. Offenses are down, which is why there is no clear-cut leader because defenses have been playing so well. And the Browns not only have the best defense in the league, it's a historical defense. The fewest yards per game since 2008. And when he, he is the reason for that. When he's on the field, they average 5.6 yards per pass attempt. When he's off, they average 10. He is the second most double-teamed edge in the league. He uh, leads the league in sack. Or he's, a, he's a sack behind T.J. Watt and Daniil Hunter at 13. But he's the only player who's top 10 in pass rush win rate and run stop win rate. So I'm telling you, he is the best player in the league. He means the most to his team of anybody in the NFL. And I don't care what the trophy says, Marcus. Hawk, you just got emotional because T.J. Watt has done all those things. He, for the he's Pittsburgh not as good in the run. T.J. Watt is incredible. I'm not arguing against T.J. We, Watt. We don't talk about people that defend the run winning no damn MVP, Hawk. You know that. If that was the case, Richard Seymour would have won some and Vince Wilfork would have won some. Here's the thing, though, Hawk, to your point. Like, we need to figure out another award. We do need to um, figure out another award. The MVP award is for quarterbacks. Let's, let's get it. Unless somebody has one of these seasons where we see rarity over the last 20 or 30 years in the NFL, it's going to the quarterbacks. The justification they make to give not give it to Tyreek if he went over 2,000 because Tua was throwing it to him. So it's always a <laughs> default when it comes to that. And I wanted to ask Dan a question, though, legitimate question, even though we beefing today because he's throwing shots. Dio, do you think, though, like with these voters, because you can make a hard argument that Brock Purdy should be second in MVP voting. You can yeah. make that argument based on how he's playing. Do you think he suffers from Kyle Shanahan and mm-hmm. what we've seen the 49ers offense be before he arrived? Absolutely, especially for people who don't actually watch the games and just look at stat yeah. lines or box scores and they've said, well, every quarterback has always played good for Kyle Shanahan, so Brock Purdy just... But 
the way that the performance is happening and the way that the mm-hmm. box score gets to look the way it looks is the most important part of it. Well, you even yes. brought up the system. Um, by the way, anyone know the last defensive player to win the MVP? When last it, who defensive it was? player to win MVP? LT? J.J. Watt. You're right. Lawrence Taylor in 1986. That just shows you how it's not going to happen. J.J. Watt. You was playing. You know damn well J.J. Watt ain't winning no league MVP. (laughs) A kicker won it four years before that. You two can beef in the break. That's true. We got more coming your way. Whiteout Wednesday is next on NFL Live. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even realize y'all were beefing. I'm just used to this. ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. It's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk, take it away. When does he know... Time to get inside. Game plan within the game plan. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. We call it squirrel. 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 I want to work backwards here. I am licking my chops because it's time to eat. This is why he's such a smart football player. This is the fastest feet I've ever seen. If I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap him to sleep. Six six worth of Connecticut swag. Whoa. Whoa. That was get it. That was dope. Wide out Wednesday. Yay. Let's get to a wideout that we, beginning of the year, were relatively critical of. Mm -hmm. And I would say is going to be a massive part of Sunday night's game versus the Kansas City Chiefs to see if Green Bay can get to 6-6 and and firmly in that playoff game. So let's go to Thanksgiving Day, a big play down the field that he connects on. Yep, well, we were uh, acting like we enjoyed Green Bay casserole. They were opening the game with a huge 53-yard big post to set the stage for the Packers whooping up on the Detroit Lions. Now, to make that make sense, we got to go back to what you were referring to. Week 5, lost against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, There was a big post. There were critical big throws that the Packers weren't able to connect on because of Christian Watson and Jordan Love's lack of chemistry. So in this is a big post. Rewind it for me, Dan. We criticized him. Because we said out of his break on this big post, he has to continue to run because football is a game of inches. And what happens out of his break right here, Dan? His, I remember you saying his arms look dead. They died. His arms died, which okay. means you can't run as fast as you can if you let the play happen. They missed this throw by inches. So that is how important the, the detail of how you're giving your effort matters. Now, this is late in the game. Last play of the game on offense, he comes open. He raises his hand, which also slows him down. Right. Jordan Love throws a, a jump ball because they're running out of room. And what do we criticize him for here, Dan? He doesn't go up and get the football. He, he kind of lets that defender go to the ball instead of him. Exactly. We wanted him to go up and get that football and use that big frame. All right, now let's go back to the play that we're talking about. This is a big post. Same play that we saw versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Now I want you to watch him out of his break this time, Dan. Look at the speed that he maintains the yeah. entire time. Right by the defensive back. And this is a coaching point we even heard LaFleur talk about in press conferences after that Week 5 game. Show the ISO angle here. Because now you'll be able to see. He's attacking leverage. Okay. Full speed. And watch out of his break. You will see no change in speed here. So his break is here, right? When, when he steps this right foot into the ground, right across with this 38-yard line, right? Yep. His 
that right there is that break, right? So right, pay attention to his arms right now for us at home, because that's his break, right? Yep. That right foot in the ground, he's indicating I'm going to the post. Watch the arms in this moment. And this is the maturation of a receiver. Ah, look at the difference. Full speed. Now he digs out of that break, which you have to do. You have to get faster out of the break to really create and keep the separation. Now it's a clear throw for Jordan Love, and then when the ball's there, watch what he does here versus what we saw versus the Las Vegas Raiders in week So this five. is like the end of the game play versus the Raiders. He goes up and gets that ball. Now this has really set the tone for this game because before this, LaFleur wanted to change this play okay. coming into the game, and Jordan Love said, no, keep it, I like it. And he tells Christian Watson to be ready for it, and this is what happens and sets the tone for that offense. You know what else I wanted to ask you? So I remember us doing this play with Christian Watson, mm -hmm. and you talked about another thing. You talked about the arms pumping out of the break, obviously the point of contact with the ball, but you also mentioned that you saw his eyes go back yep. this way for the ball. And when I watch this, do you see a difference or am I making this up? No. Where his eyes are looking back up for that post throw. Absolutely, that's okay. what he does. He digs out of that break for four steps because he knows that now he can look up to find the ball and it buys time and allows the quarterback to have that connection. Dig, 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 arm, arms on, find the ball, go make a play. Go make a play. So that's growth, that's development for the young guy, right? That's it, that's something to look forward I to. I love that. Come on, now we open it. Or keep it white? We'll keep it white. All right. Oh, <laughs> I can't. Really interesting stuff, you guys. We always love wow. Coming up next on NFL Live, we'll talk a little bit more about the Cowboys and who's been coming up big for them. That's all next right here on ESPN. We'll be right back. We all been talking about the opportunity to see these two teams collide with everything at yeah. stake, right. and now we're here. Your week 13 NFL Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. The countdown crew on ESPN and the app. Then head back to ESPN for Monday Night Countdown at 6 Eastern to get ready for more glorious football action, both also available on the app. Hey, tomorrow is the start of week 13. Seahawks and Cowboys on Thursday night. Some updates to be had on player availability in this one. So let's get Adam Schefter back in here with a little bit more. Adam, we start with the Cowboys side of things. What more can you tell us about the status of Micah Parsons in this game? Laura, he didn't practice Tuesday due to an illness, but he was a full participant in practice today. He's off the injury report, and he is expected to play Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks, which is good news for a dominant Dallas defense. There'll be another chance for Micah Parsons to get after Geno Smith and the Seahawks offense, but Micah Parsons will be out there in another game the Dallas Cowboys hope to win to set up their home matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. It looks like the Seahawks will be without their running back Kenneth Walker III. They are listing him as doubtful on the injury report due to an oblique injury that he suffered a couple of weeks back against the Los Angeles Rams. If and when Walker doesn't play tomorrow night, that would give him 10 more days to get ready for the Seahawks next game. And if he doesn't play and he is listed as doubtful, that would mean another week of the rookie running back Zach Charbonnet for Seattle. They would have to depend on him to try to win on the road in Dallas, Laura. 
All right, we'll see what happens. That game in a ah, little over 24 hours. Thanks to Adam. A little bit more from Adam coming you don't want to miss in just a few minutes. Hey, last season, Geno Smith led the NFL in completion percentage and threw 30 touchdown passes en route to winning the Comeback Player of the Year award. However, Smith hasn't been able to replicate that success so far this season. He ranks 20th in the NFL in QBR, and over the last seven games, Geno has the same number of interceptions as touchdown passes. Dan, how can Geno and this Seattle offense get back on track against the Cowboys? Yeah, number one, they got to stop trying to be something that they're not. You know, what was so great about them last year and really early in the season, they lived in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. I thought Shane Waldron, their offensive coordinator, was as good as it came when it came to calling pass out of that. Look at who they've tried to be this year. They've lived in way more 11 personnel, and they're not good at it. And Dallas, when it comes to defending the pass, Dallas is obviously a very good defense, but where they're not as good is defending the pass versus 12 personnel in comparison to 11. The second thing, and these are the clips you're seeing on right now, like when you watch the Cowboys defense play, I honestly feel too many offenses, and Marcus can speak to this a little bit better than I can, make it obvious that they're going to throw the ball. Hmm. Let, me, let me tell all you offenses playing, if you make it obvious that you're going to throw the ball, I don't care, first, second, third Lights down, out. You're, you're done. You're done. You make it way too easy on them. You watch this defensive line go like, oh, I think it's going to be passed off the ball. So <laughs> Seattle's got to create some doubt, some hesitation every single snap against this defense, whether it's going to be a run or a pass. Yeah. Dan, Dan, to your point, like the, the, the statement of success we've seen against Dallas is teams with the ability to stay multiple and at times become bullish in the run game. This is the third and seven plus. Look at Seattle's wow. offense when they when they are in that situation. A 21% conversion, 22nd in the league. And look at Dallas when they get a third and seven plus defensively. <clears throat> they rank second in the league in getting people off the field. And the unfortunate part for a lot of teams in that situation is usually a turnover or a sack. For, for a negative yardage loss as well. So, I, I think to your point, man, Charbonnet is going to have to be big in this game. The screen game is going to have to be big. There is a formula for testing Dallas's yeah. defense. And mm -hmm. for the life of me, I can't understand why offenses think that they're going to line up in shotgun and keep mm -hmm. their quarterback in the middle of the pocket and play football against these rushers. Ultimately, if Seattle is going to have a chance in this game, to your point, Dio, you got to stay multiple, but keep mm -hmm. this damn defense off balance. Because if you don't, and they know what's happening cancel Christmas and Christmas <laughs> only in a few weeks look if, if, if I'm in the receiver room for the Seattle Seahawks there's been conversations around Deron Bland who is having an incredible season yeah. aka Deron corner to, to throw it at is what I call him <laughs> he has five I picks see for touchdowns there. Ah, that's look, good. This, is, this is what we're, I'm, I'm talking about though this is an opportunity because when you have that many interceptions for touchdowns you get a little nosy. He wants to create these. So he's jumping routes. And this is an example against Curtis Samuels, um, against the, the commanders, where him jumping a route kind of made him vulnerable. They had some success against him outside of that one play. So if I'm DK Metcalf, I'm telling him this week, use that to your advantage. In your routes, in your outbreak, in your in give him a little something more. Yeah. Give him what he's looking for because he's looking for those big play opportunities. So the only way to do that is to protect. Yes, they, so, so that's why I go back to the 12 personnel. They, they draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, and we all like, man, that three wide receiver package is going to be great. It's not what's best for Seattle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so to do that, it's really got to give Geno the time to take advantage yeah. of it and make sure that, you know, if we're going to take our shot, 
that we have the, at least the protection afforded to the quarterback. And Marcus, yeah. just to, to kind of button up, it's got to be balanced. You got to offensively be balanced, Seattle. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep that defensive line unbalanced or mm. off balance the, when it comes to what's coming. Dio, you know, you know what's you know what's very similar them and the Detroit Lions. Correct. When the Lions get into their own way yep. and and they become one dimensional, we see Green Bay games. Yep. When they yeah. don't, they dominate. Yep. Hey, um, the wrong corner to throw it at. Yep. Five defensive touchdowns more than any other team has this season. Yeah. He's done them all himself. Beautiful thing. Okay, time for one more thing before we go. Adam with an epic highlight read on the Blitz Monday. Listen to this. We're going to college, and that means Michigan and Ohio State was the game of the week. I'll take over this highlight package. You sit back <laughs> I mean, and don't hey, take, pass take, the take mic. Yeah. Marvin Harrison, the best wide receiver in college football. Ohio State's got a last chance, but no! Michigan comes through. Sit down, I got this big boy. <laughs> Jerome Moore takes Michigan, and they go on. Now that's how you do a highlight package, there Michael. Go. Enthusiasm and zest. Nope. Adam, you didn't need a shot sheet for that, did you? <laughs> no, watch out, Joe Buck. I'm coming for his job next, okay? Nobody, nobody's going to stand in my way. I'm taking over a play-by-play role here, Laura. <laughs> See you tomorrow.